Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Rental incentives. So you have a vacant property in commercial property and you want to attract a tenant or you have a tenant that's leaving your commercial property and you want to bring in a new tenant. So how much should you offer as a rental incentive for your tenant? What is the right way of structuring the rental incentive so that you're getting the best rental agreement from your tenant and you're getting the maximum return on your investments. Join me now and I'll talk you through the ins and outs of rental incentives when you're attracting a new tenant or when you're swapping tenants. Commercial property rental incentives. So the story goes, when you first start out with your first commercial property, you're most likely going to find a property that is going to have a tenant in it and that is going to start giving you a positive cash flow from day one. Of course, being the right tenant, they tend to stay there for quite a few years and they may take up their option and they may stay on for a few more years and they hopefully might be there for a long time. However, there may be certain tenants that may vacate after two years, three years, four years, five years or ten years. Ultimately, when you're looking at a property, you always have to see what is the retenancy rate of that property or how short is the retenancy rate or how much is it going to cost me to retenant that property because sometime in the future you will have to retenant and commercial property is very different from residential in residential when you retenant a property it's very easy you drop the rent by 20 bucks a week and you get a tenant in a heated market uh, you don't need to drop the rent and people will pretty much first open home and people will start bidding for that property if in a market that has got stress on the downward pressure on rent in a residential space, you add some more incentives, maybe one week rent free, $20 off, and people, or you put in some new air conditioning, you paint the property, you bring it up to scratch and you get a tenant. However, the returns on that is much lower. In commercial property, though, if the swapping the tenant out or changing tenants or retenanting is a big, big deal, and often that is underplayed by the agents because they just say to you, oh, look, should be that hard for you to get a tenant. And if you're coming from a residential space, you don't actually know what that means. For you, you might think, okay, well, it'll take me two weeks to find a tenant or a month. But the reality is any kind of tenancy, a retenancy in commercial space takes about three months minimum to anywhere from six to nine months and sometimes potentially even longer depending on the area. So if you're in a metro area and you are in, say, Sydney or Melbourne, then it may take you three months to retenant to that property, especially if it's in a good location and it's got access, good access points, etc. But if you're in a regional area, it might take you anywhere from nine months to even 12 months to retenant that property, depending on the state of the property. And if you're in mining, it could take you up to two years to retenant that. Now, before you start running away and go, oh my God, that is so daunting, you've got to remember that the commercial property up until the time it goes vacant has started to give you positive cash flow from day one and over the years while well, you've had a tenant regardless of whether it's been two years or five years or ten years it has steadily given you anywhere from say ten thousand dollars a year on a small purchase under 500 grand or all the way to you know fifty sixty thousand dollars on a million dollar property or and more depending on how big the property purchase is so you should already put some money aside in 
preparation or as a uh, for a rainy day in preparation for when you need to retenant that property. So some of the costs that you're going to associate with or come up against in terms of retenancy is going to be firstly your advertising fee, so your marketing advertising. That's going to be a few thousand dollars. So usually get onto the database of the agent is free but then you get onto real commercial commercial real estate and some of the other websites this might cost you anywhere from you know two thousand dollars to four thousand dollars depending on the property and depending on your listing and from there you've got to consider also you've got the agent's uh, commission as well which is only paid once they find you a tenant if they don't find you a tenant it's not you don't need to pay for it but that is somewhere from anywhere from 10 percent of the first year's rent plus gst all the way to 15% of the first year's rent plus GST, depending on the length of the lease. So if they get you a three-year lease, it might be 12 or 13% plus GST. And if they get you a five-year lease, it might be 15% plus GST. Now, that might seem a lot. And in the face of it, it's somewhere between four to six weeks, sometimes two weeks, depending on, of course, the size of your property, of of your rent. And you're thinking, well, I'm not going to get any rent during that time. Yes, that is true. But... The other thing to consider is that, remember, the agent's not renting the property for one year or six months like they do in residential. They're renting it for three years plus options often. So if the tenant takes up options and they're a good tenant, then the agent only has one bite of the cherry, which is why the fees are much higher as well. So that's the fees on the back end when you get a tenanted. Now, what are some of the fees you're going to need or some of the costs that cost you when you attract that tenant? So firstly, you've got some marketing. Secondly, you might want to do some print advertising or some flyers. You might get an IM design, some professional photos taken. Those will cost you a few hundred dollars, so not a big deal. But then the main thing is what do you give to the tenant? So if you want a three-year lease or a five-year lease, the average is one month per year up to six months. So if you're getting a five-year lease, then you potentially could give your tenant anywhere up to three to six months rent-free period. Now, that might seem like a lot up front, and you may want to give your tenant that all up front. You might give them one or two months rent free, and then one month free every year until um, year five, or one month every year until year three. And that's a way to really stagger your cash flow. The alternative is offer them that same rent free, but as half rent. So instead of three months rent free, six months half rent, which allows you still to pay your mortgage, allows you to be less out of pocket, and still have this tenant. So... That's one option. The other option is also to offer your tenants exemptions from outgoings because remember in commercial property, they either pay a higher gross rent or they pay a base net rent and they pay outgoings on top of it. So you might exempt them for outgoing for the first six or 12 months because they're just setting up and it lessens the burden. Alternatively, you might want to contribute to their fit out or if their fit out is in conjunction to increasing the capital value of your property, you may actually, or they may ask you to install that. So for example, if your premise doesn't have air conditioning or the air conditioning is old and needs to be replaced, then of course, they're going to ask you to do it and it is your job to actually, as the landlord, provide an air conditioning premise. Uh, and that might be costly. That might end up costing you ten or 20000 depending on the property itself, of course. And then maybe there's some tenants that's coming in and they're a restaurant tenant or a cafe tenant and they need a grease trap and you don't have a grease trap and you may need to install that. And that's anywhere from 7000 to seventeen or $20,000 for that grease trap. So you need to install that. And the reason you want to install that 
is that in the future you might have another restaurant tenant after this one goes and they can use that grease trap as well so it's not really up to your tenant to install it you will have to install it and so these are some of the cab costs that could potentially come up if you get that type of tenant but of course if there's anything that the tenant wants to do internally so let's say they wanted to fit it out uh, they wanted to have benches they wanted to have a particular fit out well that's all within their budget and the realm of them alternating um, the problem ultimately the separation is what is capital works and what is your tenants fit out your tenants responsible for their fit out so if they come in and they want to put uh, new painting on the wall uh, they want to put partitions up they want to do a redo the layout uh, and they want to update uh, so let's say they want to update even the floor covering that's really their domain your domain is to give them a, a sound commercial property so that means uh, that could mean air conditioning that could definitely mean electricals and it could definitely mean plumbing so if all of those things are not fixed and you get a tenant in there you'll need to fix them and bring it up to scratch so one of the things i guess i want to talk to you about in this podcast is what exactly do you offer a tenant to attract them and what is the percentage wise that you should be offering them because some people look at it and go oh that's a huge percentage i'm offering off the lease the way i look at it is that you're never going to make up for lost rent so if you don't get a tenant in there and you make up and you've got the lost rent uh it means that you're never going to be able to recruit that so if you've got a tenant that's interested as long as they're willing to pay your level of rent it's worth negotiating with them and working out how much it's going to cost you to attract that tenant and it may cost you anywhere from 10 percent to 25 or 30 percent of the cost of that lease overall so any depends the more the branded tenant you you're going to get the the more demand they're going to want so if you got a brand name tenant let's have a look at this scenario for example you have a mum and dad coming in and they want to create a takeaway shop at your premise and you've got a ground floor retail premise that can be converted to a takeaway shop so that's all good but they're coming in and they say well give us three months rent free and we'll be able to fit it out and and off and we'll set it up and off we go so you give them three months rent free or your three months or six months up half rent and you might tidy it up for them a little bit uh, and then they're ready if you were to get a brand name tenant in there so for example you get a subway or you get another type of brand name tenant up there they might say well we want you to give us six months rent free we're going to take a longer lease so the mom and dad might take three-year lease these people these brand name term might take five-year lease plus options but we want six months rent free we need um, you to do up the toilets we want you to pay for the grease trap and we want you to give us um, some fit out for the new doorway we want to do they want fit out contributions so they're going to demand a lot more than a mum and dad tenant and the reason for that is if you were going onto the open market and you were to sell that property with a tenant in there the tenant that is a subway or branded tenant is going to be worth more in the market than a mum and dad tenant and therefore they feel that it's within their right to demand a higher level of incentives for them to come into the property so just be aware of that that and it's the same if you were going to attract a medical type tenant 
or large format industrial type tenant into your property. It's the same across the board because the more branded the tenant is, the more they're going to demand of you for them to come into the property because they feel that they're they're within their rights to do that. And also you're going to find that they're also going to give you way less. So a mum and dad tenant might give you a a director's guarantee, so a personal guarantee or director's guarantee, as well as a bond. Whereas a brand name tenant will most likely give you a bond, but a much smaller bond and no guarantees at all because they feel like their brand name is already enough. If you get a medical type tenant, um, they may not even give you any bond or any uh, director's guarantee or personal guarantee at all, especially the larger they are because they feel like they don't want to tie their money up in all the different leases they've got around the country. And they feel like their name and reputation is already enough. Now, whether that's enough or not for you, it's up to you to decide. But that is the nature of the game. The other thing to consider, of course, is the type of property, the type of tenant, and whether that fits the area or not. Because you don't want to be spending, uh, let's say, ten thousand uh, dollars, getting pay, paying for all the tenant incentives, you know, doing up the property up, and then have the tenant go bust on you within a couple of years. So you need to look whether that tenant is actually suitable for that type of property or not. One example I like to say is that one property that we have in Curry. Curry which is outside of Newcastle, has this particular, we had this particular issue where we were charging, we're at the bottom part of the rent uh, bay as well, so we're only charging $16,000 for a premise. So it's pretty cheap and anybody can afford $16,000. Now the local uh, locksmith wanted to move there. He was on a side street paying way less than that, probably half that in a smaller premise. And he wanted to come into that premise, but he weren't willing to pay $16,000. He was willing to pay somewhere like $12,000 for the premise. Now, I know in the scheme of things, that's not a lot, the $12,000 to $16,000. But when you're looking at it as an individual, that's a big chunk of the rent you're asking. And the $16,000, you're already at the base level. So we decided to knock back that tenant and actually wait for another type of tenant. So... From instead of getting them, we waited another month or so, and we ended up getting a, a variety store tenant who were willing to pay the sixteen thousand. So it's really all about uh, finding the right tenant to match your property. So if you were looking at longevity, you got to look at okay, yes, the locksmith might be there for a long time, but if they're not willing to pay my rent, it's going to take me years to get up from. The, the property from $12,000 to $16,000. Had I just get a normal tenant that is a variety store that the area also don't have along that strip they don't have, then they also will be able to pay my rent and also have the chance to ha have that longevity in that area. So you've got to really look at that. And one of the other examples uh, I wanted to highlight is that recently we looked at a property in Rockhampton and this property itself was a warehouse property which probably didn't seem to be you know a great property at the time it was sort of a bit of a rundown warehouse but the vendor is doing a lot of works on refurbishing the cool rooms and the freezer section they're basically spending 85 or 100 grand bringing everything up they're re-sealing uh, everything rechecking all the aircon and everything the tenant is then doing the pavements outside and then doing a fit out for their office space as well as distribution center now even though the warehouse itself before was uninspiring, the fact that they're doing all of this work and the tenant is coming in and they're a milk producing tenant, so they're dairy 
uh, and it's part of they've got three or four other depots they're creating a depot there gives me confidence that the tenant's going to be there for more than three years even though they've signed for only a three-year lease plus you know a two-year option it gives me uh, confidence they're going to stay for longer but firstly because Rockhampton is a cattle or beef town so they're one of the largest producers of cattle and beef in Australia so following that on dairy is a big they're a big producer of dairy these type of tenant is coming in there and they're spending their own money in conjunction with the vendor's money to actually fit out the place so they're probably spending in excess between them and the vendor 200,000 to be in there and you'll see that once an area is fitted out especially with cool rooms and everything it becomes more specialized for their needs and if it suits their needs why would the tenant leave and it suits the town it suits what they're doing and it suits their needs that ticks three boxes so it looks like they probably in the long term isn't going to go anywhere so from the outside it may not look like they're a stable tenant from the inside finding a little bit more about what they or the vendors done or what the tenants done uh, it is willing i would willingly invest in a property like that to know that in the future it'll be set and forget for three years and then after that it would be uh, it'd be most likely that the tenant is going to stay on with some negotiations so again when you're looking at tenant incentives there's three things firstly it's the rent free period secondly it is the fit out contribution so what are you giving the tenant and helping them to fit out and third is any of the outgoings or uh, any of the contributions or helps with outgoings or anything else the tenant need to be able to come into that premise and that may be you know getting the lease and making sure they don't pay for it uh, making sure you're getting the property compliant for them for their particular use or helping them uh, or helping them in the change of use application as well as uh, helping them in terms of uh, physically saying, look, you, know, you don't need to pay outgoings for the first three or six months or 12 months. So ultimately, all of those three types of incentives can be mixed together to create one big bundle for your tenant, or you could, get re you could do one without the other. Ultimately, depends on the tenant coming in, depending on how long the lease is, and also how much they're willing to pay in rent because remember you got to judge your cash flow as well as well as making sure the tenant's got longevity and and you're not putting all this money on the line and then the tenant just goes bust as soon as they get to pay rent so you want the tenant to have some of their own money in the game so you're working hand in hand with your tenant because it's all about working in synergy with your tenant to get somewhere and build that longevity in your portfolio through commercial property so I hope this has been helpful. If you're in a situation and you're negotiating a lease and you want some help, or you are looking to get into your first commercial property, reach out to me at Helen at Commercial Property Cashflow, and I look forward to helping you in the future. In the meantime, you can find out more about what I do at HelenTarrant.com. I look forward to helping you in your first commercial property. Bye for now. You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.